welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joanne, I'm pretty excited about how good the women's basketball we've had to watch is. And I know we'll jump into college hard, but our Gap ladies made it the furthest out of all of our local teams and uh, had an incredible run again this year. Last year, they made it to the state championship game. This year, they're going to come up just short of that, uh, losing in the state semifinal to Rockbridge County the second time. And it's become Rappahannock. a rivalry. Between, between, or excuse me. What did I say? You said Rockbridge. <laughs> Don't give them credit. Rappahannock County. We yeah. know that. That's become a bit of a rivalry between them because they played each other so much in the playoffs these last two years. They come up short on Monday night in the semifinals for the VHSL state playoffs in a game they were leading most of the time. And they kind of danced around a 10-point lead uh, throughout. It was a low-scoring game. I mean, the final score uh, was at 42-41. So it wasn't like it was a high-scoring game. But for Buffalo Gap to have like a 10-point lead most of the time, you thought that was pretty safe when when you were on the way to 40. Um, but a late surge by Rappahannock County um, – Gap shooting just kind of went cold at the wrong time, started turning the ball over a bit more. The shooting got hot for Rappahannock County at the same time. It just, it all went the wrong way the last five minutes of that ball game. Um, but still, what a heck of a run by Buffalo Gap, a team that earlier in the season, we weren't sure what they were going to really do if they were going to live up to expectations. And by the end, but they did. I mean, they went on a tear through the end of the regular season, lit up the playoffs, went into the state playoffs. When you're a Final Four team, you know, that's great. And so a lot to be proud of out there in Swope. Yeah, they had a great season. And I know it doesn't end the way they wanted it to. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's just a tough way to lose. I, I, You in a text had described it as heartbreaking. I see Patrick Height describing it as heartbreaking on Twitter as well. And I, I feel like that's probably uh, the video analyst for Buffalo Gap had said heartbreaking as well. Um and that felt like a pretty accurate. They might need word. to get rid of him. I think that he's the problem. Well, the I problem. mean, he's the problem. It's him. It sounded if they were winning the whole game, it sounded like his strategy was working. It just didn't live up all the way down the stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was talking to the video analyst today for Buffalo Gap girls basketball, he was saying, you know, the result rides on his shoulders because he's put the strategy in, and it sounded like the strategy was really working. And just turnovers I'm was the one thing. Him. Turnovers was the one thing they couldn't survive, um, but that's tough for them. Still, I, I'm all for putting the blame on him. If there was credit sure. to be given, I was not going to give any to him. But the blame, mm. I'm I'm very cool with. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking for those girls, and, and but that doesn't take away from all the success they managed to yeah. have this season. And I think when we look back at it. I, I do still think they're the best team in the Shenandoah district this year. I know uh, Wilson ends up uh, being the district champions or co-district champions in girls basketball. But I think if they, if they play a district tournament like they used to, I think Buffalo gap wins that. I think Buffalo gap uh, in class one. Yes. The region's not as good as three C in girls basketball is uh, they don't have like a Spotswood to contend with, but that being said, they fought Rappahannock County to the bitter end twice. Uh, probably should have won both games. And I think that's I probably, I, I, that's probably the most frustrating part for Buffalo gap in yeah. this is that it's hard to say the better 
now it's hard to say you're the better team when you play them twice and you lose twice, but they're, I would say they're even. They're even teams. I was getting ready to make this argument and ready to argue it with you because you were going to be like, well, they lost too. I was getting ready to argue. I'm glad you feel the same way I do. Watching both the games, nearly all of both the games, they just felt like the better team both times. So I think that adds to the heartbreak um, and the what could have been. The other end of the what could have been is that there's no, you know, Honeaker sitting there. I mean, it's East Side and um, now Rappahannock County in the state championship game. I don't think Rappahannock County is going to win the state championship. I, I don't think either, but I'd, I'd love for Buffalo Gap to have that opportunity against an East Side team that isn't one of these, you know, year after year after year state champions like we've been seeing that Buffalo Gap had faced last year in Honeaker, Riverheads had faced previously. I, I was I was really hoping Buffalo Gap could take advantage, get into that spot this year, come up one point shy. And it, it's just, I, I think it adds to the heartbreak because I think there's a lot of what could have been here. Yeah, and I ended up telling the video analyst the wrong thing about when the state championship game would be because I didn't think the VHSL was going to, one, put the game in the middle of the week, and two, put it in the middle of the afternoon of the middle of the week. So, uh, good news, Buffalo Gap fans. You don't have to worry about trying to figure out how to get to the Siegel Center at 1230 on a Thursday, um, and that'll be the VHSL's empty gym problem, I guess. I I think that's the problem they'd have been willing to try to figure out. Maybe, (laughs) but sometimes... Like, the VHSL, we don't do super sites because they lost money. Okay, I get you don't want to pay a college or whatever rental fee you need for the day um, if it gets pricey and then you don't fill the gym. So why try to find a time of day where you're not going to fill the gym? Like, I don't understand that. I, I truly don't. Maybe somebody, maybe there's a weekend conflict I'm not aware of for the Siegel Center this weekend. Um, but... To me, it just seemed when I saw Thursday, 1230, I was really scratching my head going, why would you do that if you're the VHSL? I don't I'm not going to have an answer for you there. It's like if it's like (laughs) if the NCAA was like, we're going to start playing the College Football National Championship on a Wednesday kickoff at noon. Wow, nobody watched it. Why? I, I mean, it surprises me because, like, I know this is the same Center, organization that doesn't understand how the shot clock would work. So I don't know why I'm stressing out about it. It's run by fools. There was one. There was a time where they had the super sites for the quarterfinals, and then the semifinals and finals were in Siegel Center. I get when you're trying to run that many games through there, you're going to have some odd time games. You know, I guess this is twelve times slots. You got six classifications. You have boys and girls. That's twelve time slots it surprises me thursday at noon is one of the time slots but i i you, yeah, i'm not gonna okay I'm not gonna come but let's answer. say 12 time slots i get that right let's say you try to fit a seven and a nine yeah. on friday that's two and then maybe you have some saturday morning games and some sunday morning games and you just rip through them like saturday sunday is all day at the Seagull Center. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what their limitations are, I, I, I guess. Or maybe I, I you have know. a five, a seven, and a nine on a on a Friday to get three of them out of the way. I don't know, but... I could spitball you some problems. I, I mean, I it afternoon Friday games, I, I wouldn't even hesitate. That's true. If they Friday had done, if they had gotten, like, five. let's say class one, class two, that's what? That would be four games you have to fit in on Friday. 
They need eight hours. Okay. Yep. I think that's yeah. possible to do. I agree. Two to ten. I don't know. Or noon to noon to eight. I, I just I don't yeah. understand. I don't understand why you're doing it on a Thursday. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't either. Anything I could like spitball for you, you, you take as my idea. I I don't like it, but it's it's when they were supposed to play. If they were playing now, East Side Rappahannock County will play. We'll see what happens from that. Just to kind of tell our listeners what the other games are, I assume that John Marshall Clark County game went to John Marshall. I I, uh, I don't know. They went into on, overtime. I wasn't on the max preps. I'll let you look that up here while I say the other ones. Brentsville Carroll County is the Class Three state championship. Uh, back on class two at Central Wise uh, is one of those story, you know, year after year there in that state championship game. Um, so we'll see if John Marshall or Clark County is the one playing Central Wise. It will be Clark County. Look at that. I like when John Marshall loses. So, well, their boys the, didn't lose. Their boys were beating somebody 84 to like well, two. Well, no doubt. Um, the. I like uh, that's the state championship games for the classifications we most care about. Talking a little boys basketball here before we go back into women's basketball. Stanton did fall in the quarterfinals of state. Another example of a great season there for Stanton, uh, really rising up and, and having a heck of a year. I guess they finished 21 and six, I believe, mm-hmm. somewhere close to that. Um, I, I don't trust Max Preps uh, <laughs> win loss records, but they lose to the defending state champion in Cave Spring. Uh, Cave Spring. Uh, I didn't look up the boys one, but um, yeah, so they were that great team all season. Northside was that other strong team. Northside actually beat Spotswood that same night Stanton fell. So our two local teams from class three did fall in the quarterfinals, but a heck of a run by Stanton. And I think that's something to build off. They have some young talent on that team. They're going to come in next year as the favorites. This year, I think we kind of Leaned a little bit Wilson with some of the experience coming back, but really had positive things to say about Stanton, thinking, hey, it's one of these two teams that could be Stanton's year to make a run. They did that. Next year, I think we're all going to be on the Stanton train coming into the season with who they have coming back. Um, It's going to be another fun year, I think, uh, for Stanton next year and see if they can make it a little bit further or really be a state contender. So uh, we'll have to see what they're able to do next year. Yeah, I thought Stanton had a pretty good season, um, and unfortunately for them, when they played Cave Springs, that was just a, a matchup they weren't ready for that night, and uh, the Knights end up winning that game. They're having a rematch against Northside that I haven't found a score for yet, um, but I would think Northside's probably going to win that game. Northside won the first two. Cave Spring won the region tournament. Um matchup between those two but i would think in another north match, side won 58 52 and it'll be in the state championship game yeah that's not surprising i i felt like north side was the better team they fell behind early but blue spotswood kind of off the floor after you texted about how good spotswood was doing in the game yeah i completely jinxed spotswood the other night just so everybody knows that was my fault sorry guys and then um another crazy score like we were talking about with John Marshall boys, uh, 112 to 49 over Brunswick. So that's a state semifinal. Um, yeah, John Marshall play Radford now in the class two state championship, which someone on Twitter can said, congrats to Radford for winning the two, a non AAU sports championship <laughs> class one 
as we predicted, Lancaster will be representing out there. The Region A champion is going to be in the state championship once again against George Whiff. So those are the state championships related to the schools in our area. But overall, good basketball season. Um, having two teams play in states, I like one on each side there. That's pretty good. Um, it, you know, things get shuffled up next year. We'll see what we get um, with Riverheads going up to Class 2, Fort Defiance coming down to Class 2. Um, I wouldn't immediately throw one of those at some kind of state contender when no. John Marshall's in Class 2. Uh, so that's that's a pretty tough uh, billing there. But Buffalo Gap's still in Class 1. They lose a lot of talent, though. So, But overall, a good year, a good basketball season. Um, you know, each team kind of had those big time leaders on the boys side this year. And we lose a lot of those guys this year. I think Stanton kind of brings back the most, most of that talent. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who steps up into that role at Wilson, you know, some of the contending names out there, uh, we might look for, um, but also, you know, Struis draft, you know, was up and now they've kind of been down. Can they kind of rebound next year? Um, that's something to watch out for. I've, I've heard people talk about both the boys and girls, Stuart Straff basketball, kind of maybe having some some highs coming up in front of them. I've seen it firsthand on the girls' side, just with some of the games I've been at, some of the previous, you know, the younger leagues these last couple of years, what their uh, middle school team this, this year, their JV team this year. I think the girls' side is going to be, I'm not sure about the guys, but it's going to be interesting to see what they get. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll see. That's that's a next year problem at this point. Um, yeah, but I, look, I I don't know how much basketball you saw this weekend, Leland. Um, but all I did was watch basketball this weekend. Well, then I, maybe you watched the <laughs> ACC de facto regular season championship with Miami and Pitt. That was a good game that Miami ends up winning, and I think that kind of resonated in what was what? a surprising year in the ACC uh, with Miami <laughs> winning the regular season. They weren't expected to, um, but hats off to them. And for some reason, this was weird, right? So they have the tiebreaker over UVA by beating them in the regular season, but much like the Shenandoah district head to head doesn't seem to matter. And UVA claims a co-conference championship and they were cutting down the nets after a win against Louisville. I don't like that. You, you had one game that you played Miami beat you. You are not co-ACC regular season champions. I don't have a lot of emotion on this one. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I understand that in a league where you don't play everybody the same amount of times, that's they, they have their rules written in for some kind of reason. It doesn't always end up as, as easy as head-to-head in the one game. It goes by the record first. That's why Miami gets to be the one seed. Like that's their benefit. Okay. But I, I don't that, know. Okay, but like, that's the tiebreakers the there for the seeding for the tournament. The, I don't know. I'm not going to bash UVA for cutting down nets. You bash the freaking shit into a district for saying there's co-champions because people vote on that. Like they don't have to make them co-coach of the years. No, like, you're and, mad and, that they have a co-district champion at the end too. I just I'm I don't know. I bash UVA for so many things. Like. Yeah. Okay, fair. Man, UVA is stupid for cutting down the nets. Fine, I'll be consistent. That's fine. What a bunch of idiots over there cutting down nets. Exactly. How could they? Exactly. And the it's ACC like is terrible. I hope the ACC folds. I hope the ACC folds because of this. <laughs> is that enough fake emotion for you? <laughs> Any. I don't know. Virginia Tech's going to be one and done in the ACC tournament. So. 
Virginia Tech is? Yeah. They're going to lose to Notre Dame? Yep. Man, I hope not. Okay. I mean, I hope not, too, but this team's bad. Um, I watched a Duke-UNC game, too. I had, I had the three TV set up all weekend because I was watching a lot of stuff because it all started Friday night with the uh, high school. Um, I just... <sighs> I just get so irritated with ESPN and the Duke Carolina. Like when it's not a top ACC game, like stop telling us it is. Stop trying to make it. Let me watch game day at a different school than Duke or North Carolina when they play each other. Or, you know, when you break down who's going to win the national championship, you don't have to bring Duke and North Carolina up into every conversation because neither one of them is going to win it. Neither one of them. I can't tell you who is definitely going to win it, but it ain't going to be Duke or UNC. I'll put, I'll, I'll buy into that future right now. It's not going to be Duke or UNC. We Take don't the have field. to shove them into every national championship. We don't have to turn every time they play each other in, especially when neither of them are ranked, as into some, you know, David or Goliath during versus Goliath kind of matchup here where, like, you know, Thanos and some other strong person is, is up for it. I just don't so much fake hype for that rivalry. It's a good rivalry, but when it, it, they get so many games like last year in the final four, that means something when that doesn't mean as much, we don't have to treat it the same way. We can just acknowledge these two teams are rivals. Let's roll the ball out there and let's go. We don't have to build it up. Like it's a national championship preview. Cause it's not. I agree. And I actually think, ESPN's like insane focus on Duke versus North Carolina and Duke and North Carolina at all times, no matter what has kind of led to this perception that the ACC is not very good this year. You realize Pitt on Joe Lenardi's latest bracket projections is on the last four in like they're in a play in game right now. That's the team that Miami beat to get the number one seed. If Pitt had beaten them, they would have had the number one seed in the ACC tournament. You're telling me that team is last four in that's ridiculous. I know the ACC is not as good as, not as good Big this 12. year, yeah, or the Big Twelve. But to to say like the number three seed in the ACC tournament is a last four team into the tournament is bananas. That's bonkers. And what did we hear last year when the ACC? You know, we heard ACC is terrible. They're not any good. Was it great in the in the? They tournament. had so many teams in the Sweet Sixteen. They had two of their teams in the final four. UNC was into the national championship and sh- probably should have won the national championship. They were up on Kansas at halftime and then got blown off the face of the earth in the second half. But <laughs> And Kansas came back and won that game. But, I mean, I, I guess, like, let's just see what happens. Let's just see yeah, what happens. I, I, I Maybe, I'm not saying throw a bunch of ACC teams in because the name's the ACC, but... Maybe we'd be a little more judicious with who we're throwing in. North Carolina's in the first four out, and you're telling me Pitt is in the last four. Oh, sorry, they're not in the last four in, but they're in the last four buys. What? Pitt is a lot better than North Carolina. So for them to both be on the bubble to me is insane. Also, when you look at a lot of these ACC teams that are around the bubble, like their games against tier one teams, so like they have a lot of games against those top tier teams. Like, 
and their records aren't usually terrible. It's even or better. But then when you look at the Big 12, and it's even or better, but they have a third of the amount of games against top-tier teams, like, I I just I, I kind of look at that as meaning something, and it shouldn't just mean ACC's terrible. But the ACC's terrible in a lot of ways. I just just because Duke and North Carolina aren't ranked doesn't mean the ACC is terrible. Pitt's a solid team that's going to beat some people if they let them in. Miami is going to be a lot of trouble for a lot of teams. Yeah, they have Miami as a five right now. UVA is a four. I I, I mean, look, I don't like UVA. These, these fake net cutters. I'm yeah, sure I don't like good. UVA, but <laughs> they are better than a four. They have been all season. They really have. I mean, I know they're defensive dependent, but yeah, they're going to win some games in the tournament. Because I've got news for you. I hope Joe Lenardi's bracket is right to an extent because I hope Marquette plays Kennesaw State. Marquette will get biggity bounced in the first round by Kennesaw State. They will absolutely lose to Kennesaw State. Uh, why is Marquette ranked? Why are Why is Marquette a three? The legendary Big East, man. That's the <laughs> they're filling in for Georgetown. I guess. Um. <laughs> uh. So yeah, the local teams here. Just to hit it while we're here, UVA is a two seed in the ACC. They'll play for the first time Thursday at seven p.m. against the winner of North Carolina, who will play the winner of Boston College Louisville. But the highest seed there would be North Carolina. Virginia Tech, they get to play on the first day because they've been terrible all year. Tuesday, uh, they'll play at 7, and then they have 9.30 games after that um, if they want to make a run. Someone was asking me today, you know, is Virginia Tech going to make another run in this tournament? No. Last year, they were the 7 seed. They played great in February. They lost maybe two games down the stretch against good teams, and that's why they were able to make that run in the ACC tournament. Like, that's how you could start explaining that run. Virginia Tech has not been that this year. They have not had a great February. They've lost to terrible teams in February this year. Yeah, they beat some good teams, but they're capable of beating anybody. They're capable of losing anybody. And as much as I say oh, they're not going to lose to Notre Dame, they could. I think they have more likelihood to lose to Notre Dame than beat Clemson. Than, than, uh, they're more likely to lose to Notre Dame than they are to lose to Clemson. Like that's They just play to their opponent too often. They need to fix that. And, and it's not just this year. I mean, they did that last year. It's just we – got on a good run but that's something that coach Yon needs to like focus on is that you know top play each and every night no matter your opponent um so that's i'm looking forward to the acc tournament i watched the heck out of the women's tournament which we'll talk about that in a minute this past week so i'm super excited about the guys again uh another acc tournament this week and uh i'll be watching tuesday on there's i mean a lot of interesting matchups even getting going so i'll i'm sure i'll watch a bunch of it yeah, I mean, I watch, um, especially the ones where I don't have stuff going on with VCU, uh, athletic events con- conflicting. But I, I just don't think I'm going to be watching a lot of Virginia Tech. I, I really do, and I'm, I know I'm usually the person that's labeled a pessimist or what I, I call it realism, but others call it pessimism. Like I just, I really don't think this Virginia Tech team is going to win a game in the ACC tournament. Would love to be wrong. Would love for them to go do something nuts and win the thing. But this team has just proven time and time again when they are not at Castle Coliseum, they're not even really a basketball team. I mean, they have uniforms and stuff, 
but they don't play basketball. Last year, I had that hope that they could make a run because that was the only way they were going to make the tournament. This year, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to win it. I, I don't have that real hope. I hope we can win some games we're not supposed to. I think we're supposed to beat Notre Dame. I hope we can win that. I like that this past week we beat two bad teams, two teams better than Notre Dame, but two bad teams. That's the first time all year we've won two, won two games in a row that we're supposed to win. We, we always pair them with games we're not supposed to win that we win. But then the NC State game, Clemson game, if we're able to win both, you know, like that, you know, you just got to keep doing it games in a row. I don't have faith that we'll be able to do it in back-to-back game, like, you know, three games in a row, four games. It would, it would take five games in a row to win this thing. It's just, it's unlike, it, it, you can't expect that out of this team. So that's, that's where we're at. I'm, I'll hope, I'm going to sit there and hope, and I'll be mad when they lose, but I'm not expecting it. Yeah. I think UVA can come out and win this thing. I Honestly, this tournament, I know you said Duke, North Carolina, not them. I tend to agree. I mean, they're Duke, not going to win the Carolina. national tournament. That's what I was saying about Duke, North Carolina. Oh, I would go That's ahead and say. That's the I saw this weekend that made me yell at the television. I'm like, why are we even mentioning them? ACC tournament, maybe they do. I don't know. Probably not North Carolina. But... Uh, I would say that neither Duke or Carolina wins the ACC tournament. I think. It's fine. I think uh, in terms of the ACC tournament, I would like the odds of a Miami doubling, winning the regular season and the tournament. Uh, UVA's got a great shot. Um, I guess Pitt is not. Wow, Pitt went from a potential one to a five, so my apologies. Um, I still think they should be better than the last four buys, but whatever. Um, That being said, Pitt, I think, has a great shot. Clemson is a team that I don't think has a shot. That's a team that's seated higher than Pitt that I'm sorry, I don't see it. They were strong early, and they banked off that. Yeah, I I do think Miami, UVA, Pitt, any of those three have a shot. Clemson's that we are who we thought they were team. Like, we didn't have them high ranked in the preseason, and then they came out on fire, and then they cooled way off. Like, that's the team they are, the team that – the team that we've seen this in February is the team that they are. Yeah. If you want my my dark horse Virginia Tech-esque pick, um, if there's going to be a team like Virginia Tech that goes on a run and wins this thing, honestly, I think it's NC State. Mm. A team that's on the I, outside that needs to win to get in, I think it's NC State. Mm. And But I don't think they're going to do it would be what I would yeah, say. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. If there is one, My, their name is not equivalent pick of what you're saying. I, I think Miami wins this thing. I, I know that's I not what you were just saying. I know you're not picking NC State. I think Miami wins this thing. I, I would agree with that statement. I think Miami doubles. Yep. JMU, uh, oops-a-daisies. They won their first conference tournament in two or three years, um, but then they lost to South Alabama, and someone who technically – is listed as sports media uh, had to issue an apology on Twitter, which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look for the JMU men's team. I think you and I both touched on this team is capable of winning from the four seed. They're also capable of losing their first game. They play um, just because you never knew what you were going to get out of them on a night to night basis. Uh, they Won a game and they lost a game. I felt that's honestly the way this team has played at points this season felt pretty realistic. Yeah, I, I mean, it's been so much drama this year and, and not really to do with the guys that actually play in the floor. I mean, they they're good or bad and that's fine and there's drama, but it's just like 
the, the talk around the team is I, it's so slanted my view of them. I, I was rooting for them. I, that South Alabama team was a tough little team, and that's they knocked off the one seed and then they beat off, uh, then they beat the number four seed in JMU. Like, they pushed a, Louisiana. That, they were a, yeah, they pushed the Raging Cajuns tonight too in the championship. They were a tough team there. I, I thought they could end up winning the whole thing. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's a good sign. I you know, and we'll we'll talk about the women here in a minute, but like. Things have really turned around for JMU basketball. And men's basketball is the one that really needed to rise. And, and things got pointed in the direction. You know, and, and this is the role you play on this podcast. You were very negative about them three years ago. We were talking on this podcast, and you're just like, no. I mean, they're they're done forever. They'll never be good and all this. And I'm like, yeah, you can get a decent coach with the decent facilities and some players. They have done that. They have found the way there. They got the right guy in there to kind of do that. Hopefully they can hold on to him at least for a little while longer and, and keep building this thing because I think – you know, they didn't quite get where they wanted to this year, but I think they're they're in that range of okay, like we're we're a top half team, top four team, a top four seed team. There's nothing to be embarrassed about that. But now that needs to start expecting that to begin with, not just trying to be you know 500 or better. So you know, build off that, keep getting better. Um, not, not a super disappointing season, but just didn't quite get where the hype had been put around them. You know, after they lost to North Carolina so impressively. Right, by not making any shots. Um, or not make. well, I'm sorry, not making all their shots. So um, I want to talk about the women. This is what I want to talk about first. I should have moved it on our sheet. That Hokies are the ACC champions. It was an awesome week of basketball for Virginia Tech women. I watched every game, you know, coming off the late season game there at UNC and hitting that game winner. Just all the momentum in the Hokies' favor coming into this ACC tournament. And they played with that confidence going through the ACC uh, women's tournament and and won the thing. And they beat Louisville in the final on Sunday and just controlled that game. I, I just liked everything they did. Beating Miami, just beat up on Miami. Absolutely drowned at Duke on Saturday afternoon. And then and then the Louisville game was just, they controlled that game. It was their game from start to finish. Louisville was behind them. They're there. They're within striking distance. But I like the way they won these games. It gives me confidence that they'll be able to take on strong opponents moving forward. Duke had been a great team all season. Uh, Louisville's a very strong program. I want to see them in these matchups. They're going to have a favorable seating. So I, I want them to take advantage of that this year. I think a week or two ago, I was talking about them, you know, expectations, you know, I don't know, expectations, but like strong hope and, and believing that they could be in the final four. And I think this week showed why I was thinking that because I've been watching them. They, they look good. They have, they're strong at every position. Their guard is small, but man, she's the ACC uh, tournament player of the year. Um, Kitley's great. They just got talent all over the floor. So I think they'll be able to battle whoever they get. And I, with the favorable matchups, you know, they, they're going to have those favorable matchups in the opening rounds, get to play at home at Castle Coliseum. Um, then, you know, they'll be the highest seed at the regional site until that region final game. If, if they're not a one seed, people started talking about them being a one seed. I don't know if they'll get that, but I know they're going to be at least a two seed. So that sets them up. Well, with this bracketing and and I'm eager to see who they're put in with because for them to make the final four, they only have to beat one of those other top teams that we talk about. When we talk about the Iowa's, the Indiana's, the other great teams. And I've watched a lot of those teams play now. They don't have to beat all of them to get in the final four. They just have to beat one of them. So I'm really eager to see the bracket come out. I 
I hate that we have to wait a week to see it because I'm just really anxious to see, you know, who they're going to be matched up with, what seed they, if they are able to get that one seed. Um, but it's going to be a, a fun run for the women here. And hopefully they're able to take advantage of that. I mean, this is kind of unknown territory for Virginia Tech women's basketball. The last time they had won a conference championship was 99, I believe. I think the last time they hosted some tournament games, I think I was in college, so early 2000s. So coming into this with a lot of confidence, kind of a top eight seed somewhere in there, you know, top two, you know, one or two seed, but out of the top eight teams, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, um, I, I agree with you. I, I said, you know, I think let's focus on winning the ACC championship when you started talking okay. about Final Four, because I said <laughs> not not trying to take anything away from them, but I was like, you know, um, but that's the level they've been playing. That's a tough competition. Yeah. And I, I do think Louisville upsetting Notre Dame helped. Not that Louisville's a pushover, but they they got some help there. And that that was awesome for them because hey, I, the thing there was Louisville ho- held Notre Dame to the fewest points ever scored in an ACC tournament game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was awesome. I mean, they really just beat the heck out of them. Well, then the next game, Duke held Duke to uh, Virginia Tech held Duke to less points. So that was cool, too. But yeah, I, I think Virginia Tech was going to win this tournament. I don't care. I, you could say it helps they knock Notre Dame off. They blew Notre Dame off the face of this earth. I think Virginia Tech was going to beat them too. Okay, maybe. I don't know. The way they're playing, they're playing so good. I mean, they played. Maybe they, they didn't have to play them. Pretty much that whole game. Okay, this is where you start to just like, well, we just won the ACC and they've so-and-so beat so-and-so by this many, so I think we would have won too, and blah, blah, blah. And this is where you kind of run off I mean, the Notre rails Dame and go a little look, too far for me. Notre Dame but, didn't look good against NC State. Notre Dame didn't wasn't playing their best basketball of the season right now. Okay. Um, I guess what I would say to that is, like, I don't know. The reasons you said you don't know if they're a one seed are the reasons I'm not sure this team is like, again, you start talking final fours and stuff and I'm just a little hesitant. I I don't think it's ridiculous to think they could be in the final four. As you blatantly said to me two weeks ago, I don't think them being they in the top will, if they run into Iowa, they will get beat by 20 points. If they play Iowa, they will lose by 20 points. I'm not saying that's Virginia Tech being bad. Iowa is that good. Iowa okay. is another level. If they get, that's why I'm anxious to see who they get matched up against. Right now, in the latest women's bracketology, they are the one seed. Iowa is their two. UConn is their okay. three. UCLA is their four. I think all of those teams are good and capable of beating Virginia Tech. Okay, capable, sure. That's three teams in their region. But that isn't their region. That's their bracketology. I want to see what it is. They only have to beat so many of the top two-seeded teams. One. I didn't – UConn, I, I, last time I had saw it, I thought they were like the last two-seed, but okay. South Carolina, Indiana, Stanford. They only have to beat one Iowa. of those Indiana, Stanford, Iowa, Iowa. or Maryland. Those are the other one seeds if it's not Virginia week? Tech. How many how many of those teams lost last week to teams that they were better than? All but one. Yeah, no, and Iowa 
Florida's the only one that won their conference. Only the old That's not one. true. Iowa won their conference. Iowa beat number 14 in the country, Ohio State, by 33 points. Okay, so two of them. By them, 33 points. Every other team you named lost last week. Okay. Did they? Did Virginia Tech beat somebody by 33 points that is ranked in the top 15? They beat Duke by 21. Is that 33? No, Joe, it's not 33. So pump the brakes. This don't. When you start talking like this, when you start talking like this. Everybody on TV. They're going to get killed by any of those teams. That's why you're crazy. You start escalating. You get mad at JMU fans when they're like saying, celebrating being in the top 25 and then start talking about what if we go undefeated? Winning the ACC. How about this? How about this? Get to a sweet 16. Something you haven't done at Virginia Tech. Get to a sweet 16 first. Then we can start worrying about elite eights or final fours. Before you start saying, I hope this team goes to a Final Four. I think this team could go to a Final Four. There, I've just listed five or six I teams that, if they the have to play, sport, will absolutely dismantle them. It's hard for me to hear everybody that covers the sport on a daily basis, all the women on the TV, all the men and women on TV that cover the sport on a daily basis, and immediately this weekend they're like, they've really proven themselves as being a number one seed in this tournament. It's hard for me to hear that and not think it's legitimate for me to have legitimate hope that they're in the final four. Okay. I will right, we'll see. And then if they don't make the sweet 16, I guess we'll hear about how these experts just told you you were right though. I, I don't think I'm usually get to one the sweet 16 first. Saying I was wrong or I'm disappointed with the outcome. Get to the sweet 16 I, I first. Well, let's let it happen. I'm glad I'm on the like positive. I hope we make it their side. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm on that side. It makes me happier at night. Okay, but it's going to make you sadder at night when they lose to a UConn no, and at least Iowa I won't have something or Maryland in my life. At least I won't Stanford, just sit here and throw rocks. South Carolina or in Indiana or a Tennessee or an Ohio State. Like, I just don't see how if they're a top four seed, how it's crazy for me to hope that they're in the final four. I just don't understand the logic of what you're saying. I don't think they're going to be a one seed, even with the ACC championship. I don't I'm think not banking on it. I'm not banking on it. I'm saying they're at least a two seed, and I'm, I'm pumped about it. Okay. I don't make the gym bracket. I'm pumped that they're a two seed or better. Because I haven't seen that before. I haven't seen our men team do that. I'm excited a Virginia Tech team is ranked this high and have deserved it because they're playing awesome for a month and a half, and even before that, weren't bad. And they've won 11 or 12 straight, whatever it is now. I think it's awesome. I think it's a happy thing. It is a happy thing. It's 11 straight, but it is a happy thing. And I'm not trying to say, like, Virginia Tech is bad. They don't they're, – they're a bad basketball team. They're a good basketball team, but they're not a great basketball team. And I, I just think it's funny that if – a particular fan base in a different sport starts to get excited and maybe gets a little too far ahead of themselves. You are the first one here to crap on them. And then when it's a team that you're rooting for, you are out in front running the crazy train to this team. Absolutely should expect to be in a final four. This team needs to get to a sweet 16 first. 
the comparison you first went to was something with JMU. I do think it's different when a power five team. No, it's not different. National when a team goes undefeated, if, a, if it's a G5 team that goes undefeated, they have legitimate playoff consideration then. At that point in the season, they had run through their non-conference schedule. They had just knocked off the preseason favorite in the Sun Belt. I don't think that is crazy. What's crazy is saying a team that was a five seed last year and got upset in the first round is going to magically figure it out and go to a final four in it making the same leap there. What would be crazy is saying a team that hasn't gotten to the sweet 16 is going to automatically just go to a final four. When they played Baylor in 2020, 2021, they lost by almost 50 points. Like, I don't think it's automatic. I don't think it's automatic. I think I'm I'm optimistic because they will have favorable seating. They won't be playing teams higher ranked than them until late in this tournament. And you list off eight teams that they'll have to beat to get into the final four. Like 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 they have to beat these eight teams. No, they have to beat like one of those. I don't think I, those like, eight teams are all list. teams. I, I think will beat them. When I list eight teams, that's me saying there's no way they don't have any of them in their bracket. So they're not a Final Four team in my eyes. Okay, I hope they are. I hope they are too, but I'm just saying, like, look out. I know they pounded Duke, but they lost by 11 to Duke earlier this year. I know you think they would have beat Notre Dame. They lost to Notre Dame by 11 this year. Like, I don't know, Leland. Like, yeah, they're playing great basketball right now, and that's awesome. But this but is a team. The tournament now this is a team. Back when they were playing as well. This is a it team is that does not have tournament success. That's why I'm apprehensive on, like, this team should expect Final Four or even Elite Eight. Just get to the Sweet 16. That needs to be the goal. This is the best team Kenny Brooks has ever coached, I think. I'd say. And I hope he has success. But I love Kenny Brooks. But if I was going to knock on him, kind of not a lot of success in the NCAA tournament. Now, part of that is he coached at JMU, which never got a lot of respect. So they got low seeds and got tough matchups. But he was a five seed last year and got upset. That was a pretty good team last year, too. Like... Let's get to the Sweet 16 before we start talking about Final Fours. Okay. That's all JMU I would say. also made the tournament. They did. They yes. won the Sun Belt, which was somewhat expected as they were the one seed, and they took care of business, particularly today, really having a good showing there in that final game, and I'm just blanking on who I watched them play today. Texas um, State. Yeah, Texas State. It was close early, but then JMU took off and kept going, and it was awesome. The big hurdle, I thought, for them when they even set up this bracket for the Sun Belt was going to be that potential ODU rematch. They had a really tough game with them like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I really wasn't looking forward if they had to play, the game, play them again. I was really rooting for Troy on Friday night. Um, apparently, the refs we're really rooting for old dominion as they allowed old dominion to play the final possession and make the game winning shot with six players on the floor. 
Uh, yeah. When it was talked about after the game, hey, you had six players in the floor. What's your thoughts about how that affected the last play? Old Dominion's coach was like, oh, there wasn't six on the floor. One, one of them was out of bounds throwing it in. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was a little bit weird. I heard her voice say it. I'm sure it's a bit out of context. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 I listened to the clip. I didn't listen to the whole interview. Maybe she had a bit of sarcasm, and I, I have to assume. But I still just – I don't know. I don't know what you say in that spot because you just won by cheating. So I don't, I don't know what you say. I don't know what she's going to say there that I think is awesome. But um, that was controversial to say the least. The Sunbelt Twitter pages were going crazy. But JMU took care of it on Sunday there in the semifinal, beating Old Dominion in a battle. Mm-hmm. That was an ugly game to watch, but they won it. Um, and then they win the conference championship on Monday afternoon. Uh this is a Joe not approved time slot there, a conference championship game on Monday afternoon at two 30. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome for JMU. Awesome for coach O'Regan. Um, They hadn't won. They didn't win the CAA conference tournament these last few years. Mm-mm. And so that's why I thought it was fair hesitation about JMU coming into the season that they might not just come into the Sunbelt and dominate. I thought they would definitely be better than their preseason ranking. I thought they would have success, but I thought it was fair to maybe not rank them number one preseason because I didn't feel like they were coming off of domination in the CAA. They shut us up because they were very good through the season. Sure, there was a bunch of teams tied for first by the end of the season, but JMU does get that one seed. But the way they were able to handle this tournament, I think they did prove they were the best team. And uh, they'll be good representatives for the Sun Belt. I'm interested to see where they get located in this uh tournament um i don't generally i can't tell you offhand where previous sunbelt champions have been with their ranking in the tournament so i'm just eager to see that and see what kind of matchups you can get there um when they're hot they're they can beat a lot of teams I, i'm not gonna say anybody but i they can beat a lot of teams when they're hot uh if they're gonna get the Peyton uh, McDaniel today, she was seven for seven from three. I think she made three in a row at one point. I mean, she was having a great day. And they got a lot of players on that roster that are capable of having big days and kind of being that. It's it's not just, oh, we need this freshman to have a big day for us to be dominant. They have a, like, a lot of different players that can really go into that role. So I'm, I'm optimistic about what they can do in the tournament, like, you know, hopefully winning a game, um, seeing what the matchups are there, maybe two. Just see what you get. Um, Ride, ride a hot streak while you got it because they're playing hot right now. Um, again, I, the, I, I, in previous years, I guess it hasn't bothered me as much where these all these teams get done and then they have to sit there a week to even get the seeding. And then they start even after the men after that. Uh, I'm anxious. I want these teams that are hot. I want these two teams that I root for, James Madison and Virginia Tech, to be able to play Thursday. Um, so, But we'll have to wait a week or so, week and a half for them to play, and we'll have to wait a week to see who, can, who they're going to play. Yeah, it, so kind of opposite of the men's tournaments. There's a lot of mid-major, like lower mid-major women's conference tournaments going on during this week in the lead-up to Selection Sunday, which I thought was bizarre um, when I looked at that. Because I was like, yeah, why is there such a huge layoff? Um, and that's apparently why. Um, but yeah, they still got to figure out all the teams. I, I, I know that. Well, but... It does beg the question, why did they feel the need to rush the women's tournaments to be scheduled? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's but, TV. They answer sure. TV. I, yeah, I well, that's, that answer. 
Okay, fair. They're um, not going to get on the TV next weekend. Fair. That's true. Um, But this, you know, you were talking about they haven't won the CAA in a long time. It had been since 2016 that they had been in the tournament. Um, and yeah, when they said that, you know, I was, uh, I was watching when they, when that got said in the first quarter and I was like, and Sean O'Regan, you really need this today. Like that was the first thing that crossed my mind. Cause I was like, that's, that's a long time. And you, Kenny Brooks, who is at Virginia tech has obviously great coach has built Virginia tech women's basketball <laughs> into what it is because when he got there, it was not anything near where it is right now. Um, and he built JMU women's basketball. So like that's two now in-state programs that he has managed to build. But I think that was the other problem for Sean O'Regan is that he comes in after Kenny Brooks and there is a noticeable drop in success. And the fan base is, you know, not happy with that. They, they had been grumbling. They like the success they have. They like being a top two or three team in the CAA, uh, every year, but they never won it. And it was since 2016. I was like, man, he needs, he needs an NCAA tournament appearance badly. And yeah. so to be the one seed in this and to take care of business and win, and they end up winning the conference championship by 30 points at the, at the end of the first quarter, I texted you, man, it's a tight game. And then you <laughs> wait until the third quarter when they're up like 25 points to text me. No, it's not, but I, I have good reason for waiting, but uh, sure. I was just tracking it's fine. Yeah, no, I saw when you texted, it was close, uh, but yeah, it, it, it got blown up. Yeah. They, they, they kept, they started scoring and Texas state did not. Um, and yeah. as of now, again, this is, uh, I guess the last update they did to this was last night at nine 30. So this isn't after winning the conference tournament, but they were projected to win the conference tournament anyway. So I would don't know how much this is going to change unless other conference tournaments go haywire this week. Um, they're projected to be a 13. Um, yeah. and they would play UT Arlington was the Sunbelt champion last year and they were a 14. So that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. They would play Villanova in this. So, Hey, <laughs> not great, but they, they hate him in football. So that, that works. yeah, that oh, somewhat of a yeah. rivalry. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can catch some fire. I, I agree with you that he needed that NCAA turn. This doesn't feel like Matt Brady or anything where he no. got the tournament and saved his job because he was Matt Brady was getting fired, and then all of a sudden he took him to turn it. Regan wasn't going out this year because of this, but it, it was going to be you know put some you know turn the warmth up on the seat next year a bit. Um, so yeah, he. He had a pretty good regular season and uh, on the higher side against the new competition of the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy he's really paid off this year. And again, hopefully they can build off that and, and get to where JMU was dominant in the CAA for a long stretch there with Kenny Brooks. Maybe Sean O'Regan's you know, start, starting to get in that area where he understands the level he's got to be at, starting to get the right girls in there. Maybe the recruiting with the Sun Belt's kind of help that. I mean, seeing this freshman come in, you got to think that's part of that factor there, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if he can, I, I, I'm not going to say he has to match Kenny Brooks, but he can start, you know, reminding us more of, of what that, you know, year after year success looked like. So, uh, hopeful for that. Uh, and so a lot of purple, a lot of maroon in our house this weekend. And it was, a, it was a good weekend for, for basketball in, in our house with my wife's alma mater winning women's basketball, my alma mater winning women's basketball, the men winning on Saturday to secure the 11 seed, which I was hopeful for them. Cause I thought that gave them slightly better chance and, you know, in, in the season happily. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think 
Tech baseball swept, Tech softball swept uh, NC State. So yeah, it was it was good. Uh, JMU had some big wins over UNC in softball. So we had a lot of happiness in the sports at the McCray House this weekend. And you know, I don't like you said. I don't know if Sean O'Regan is going to see a run of sustained success like Kenny Brooks saw. A high standard, yeah. Um, and it's hard to believe that that success was not only in the CAA, but the level of play that was in the CAA at that time. Uh, Delaware had Della Dawn, um, yeah. who would go on to be a WNBA superstar. JMU had an All-American in Don Evans. Uh, some of those JMU teams were just amazing. And I'm not saying the girls at JMU aren't amazing now. They're very good. They're, they're a 13, and I think there are going to be a lot of teams that don't want to see them as their first round matchup. If they're a 13, they're capable of beating a lot of teams when they're on. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some teams that don't want to see them, but there's teams out there when they're on still can't beat (laughs) a lot of teams. This right. I I don't know. My, my point is, I think if Sean O'Regan is, you know, the kind of coach that out of a three year window or out of a four year window goes to the tournament, twice out of every three or four years that's success and i don't think he's yeah. gonna be yeah. i don't think you see sean o'regan chased out of town and I, you're right sean o'regan <laughs> wasn't gonna be fired if he didn't if he didn't win the conference this year right uh but it was gonna start to get to a conversation of when are we gonna win one of these conferences sean and um one of these conference tournaments get back to the ncaa tournament this is a great Great outcome for them. It will help on the recruiting trail, which is ever competitive in the state of Virginia. With Kenny Brooks being at Virginia Tech, that's you're recruiting against them. UVA, you're, you're recruiting, recruiting against. You're now. recruiting you're against recruiting ODU. Like you were. Yeah, you're recruiting against ODU, which is a conference rival. You're recruiting against Liberty. You're recruiting against VCU in Richmond. Um, George Mason. Like the state of Virginia is very competitive in terms of women's basketball and who you're recruiting against. So you need to get into the tournament. You need the eyeballs on your program. This was a big, big win for them. Speaking of the, the highlight of, ah, yeah, the highlight of when no, I was no, going no, to JMU no, no. games was. The, oh, go ahead. I guess whatever. The highlight of me when I was going to a lot of JMU games was the local talent, uh, Steph Oderkirk. She played a heck of a weekend, uh, so I wanted to highlight that. And you know, we talked about these kids. We talked about Tyler Nickel, how they should have gotten there. This is a kid from Spotswood that just goes down the road to college, and she's playing a big part there uh, as a junior now, uh, but really good basketball. I really like when the locals are on that. I'm not saying you have to have all locals, but I like having one or two in there and, and she's representing that well. But speaking of the a 10 St. Louis and the Billikens ended up being a giant killers. Um, they knocked off the one seed Rhode Island in the women's a 10 tournament, which was eyebrow raising. And <laughs> I said to my producer, when that was said uh, on Saturday, that well good for them and uh good for umass because they just won the conference (laughs) and then on sunday they go in and it they need overtime because umass makes a three right at the end of regulation to force overtime but then they beat umass in overtime and the a10 is probably really pissed because (laughs) st louis is not a team i think will have great success in the ncaa tournament uh but umass was a team that i think a lot of people were Kind of like JMU in the Sun Belt, a lot of people are going to be like, man, I don't want to play them. UMass right now is on the wrong side of the bubble in a lot of projections. 
uh, and it might cost the A-10 a really good basketball team. I, St. Louis might have cost the A-10 two teams because I think if it was Rhode Island, UMass, and UMass wins, I think maybe the A-10 could get two teams in. But St. Louis, look, their job isn't to get as many teams into the tournament as they can for the A-10. Their job is to get into the tournament themselves. And St. Louis did that. Um, but it was kind of a, a crazy women's A-10 tournament this week. I kept up with that last. I did watch some of the VCU game on that first day, but uh, I didn't keep up with it after. So that's that's interesting. I, I know the men's tournament this week's in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and that's one of the ones I usually do follow uh, kind of close. So uh, that'll be fun. Speaking of St. Louis, VCU beat St. Louis on the last day of the A-10 season for them to win the conference regular season, and they are the one seed there. They are right now projected a 12 seed, according to Joe Lenardi. Um And depending on how conference tournaments shake out this week, could go up if they win. I saw Liberty. They lost in their uh, A-Sun tournament, and that last one they'll be in there. Yeah, Kennesaw State, who coincidentally coincidentally was the team that played VCU on my men's tournament game that I called. And I said during that game, I was like, there's going to be a lot of teams in the A-Sun. Kennesaw State was picked fifth in the A-Sun at the beginning of the year. And I, watching that game, I was like, this is a team that's better than fifth in the A-Sun. And they end up winning the conference tournament. Um, that's why I say if they're a 14 and they play a Marquette, who's a three, they'll knock Marquette out. They're better than Marquette. Good. <laughs> not that I. You're just hating on Shaka. <laughs> not that I necessarily root for Kennesaw State, but I mean, they will. I think that is a team that would beat a Marquette. I don't. That'll be interesting. I don't. I'm not as deep in the bracketology this year. Like you're, I know you got it open in front of you, and that helps. But I, with the Hokies, not you know they're perpetually on the bubble. I'm not. Uh, they're not this year. Yeah, so I was I'm gonna say. Not as up on the that. bubble talk this year. Lots of bubble talk. UNC is on the bubble. Yeah. That's crazy to me. As bad I just as they've am been. sick. I'm just sick of Duke and UNC talk. I just. It didn't help that I had game day on Saturday morning, and I, I just. Wow. I'll also say, after watching the ACC Network all week last week, watching the women's ACC tournament, that song by Megan Trainer made you look that they play during every commercial break for the ACC Network's lacrosse coverage. Uh, I hate that song now just because of that commercial. <laughs> they just played it once maybe twice every commercial break and it just got old really quick <laughs> i'm just not a megan trainer fan so i would have been there like from the jump i probably i'm not I, i'm not gonna say i'm against megan trainer i'll say uh but the song's not great to, to begin with like i mean i heard it on the radio and i'm like eh, not the greatest uh but it's it's whatever but yeah they use it in that commercial and oh geez it's just <laughs> they need to have two different commercials but hey, this is this is basketball postseason time where they overplay commercials. If we could all remember the na 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 na, but no how that was uh, that was nearly a divorce causing commercial. So <laughs> I will say, speaking of bracketology, um, Joe Lenardi, his latest projection had Charleston as one of his first uh, next four out. Sorry, was Charleston? He doesn't have a team from the CA in the tournament, so I mean, by rule, one of them will have to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that, okay like, that so i'm not a good i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be the guy that's like oh it, 
Joe Lenardi's full of crap. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Cause like he gets a lot right, but like people do treat bracketology. Like it's the written word. And it's just like, it's not, no, he doesn't it's get not. all the teams, right? I'm just saying like by rule, ACA. I know, I know. And I'm not really not aiming this at you. I'm not aiming it like Twitter talk. Like it, I watch it hard every year. Cause tech is always in the bracket bracketology talk. And it's, it, uh, things change. Oh, he had Hofstra in. I'm sorry. But Hofstra's already out. They lost today. Um, oh, there you go. Which I guess was before he, or was post his update here at 6 p.m. I'm hoping Charleston beats Towson. Um, I'm sure the CAA is I, too. I know we'll talk bracket next week. I just, I just do not want Kansas to win this again. I just don't like Kansas. I don't like. I don't like Brady. Alabama either now. I would definitely don't like Alabama. So, I mean, we talked about Alabama last week. Kids still playing. I mean, it's the same old stuff. I'm glad they finally lost one of these games. Every game they go into and they're losing by 10 to a team that's way down the standings in the SEC from them, mm-hmm. and they come back and win each one of these games. I sit there with hope each one of these games. Like, good, this team's going to lose. Finally. They finally lose to AM this weekend. Buzz Williams in the game down there. Um, it, yeah, it was satisfying <laughs> to see them lose. They'll still be a one seed. All that, but Buzz it's just—it was happy to see them lose. Yeah, that's a team that, and I, you know, I know I'm doing a lot of bracketology talk, but I do love bracketology. Even if a team I follow isn't in it, I love bracketology just to look at who might play who. I don't. Know. <laughs> it's like I feel like taking the year. Like I'm, I'm kind of happy. I'm not in it. Like when we're in it, I'm all about it, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, he's he's going to change it like this, and I look at it, I, I, I just feel. Like I'm relaxed this year. Go like it's good. Lame. It's fine. We're good. Lame. Um. But I, t- man, some of the teams in their part of the bracket, I would be scared. If I were the way they're playing, I would be scared. Maybe not the one sixteen. But yeah, because they got Purdue over there. Uh, Purdue. Purdue would be there too. I'm. Yeah. I don't even get to the two. Like. Illinois as an eight would be yikers. The way they're playing, that's yikers. Xavier, TCU. I mean, those are, uh, yeah, Purdue for sure, but they'd have to get to Purdue. Yeah. I I mean, I say I don't want Kansas to win it, but they're like the only, you know, blue blood really in the top eight. I get, I don't know. Is there no blue blood anymore? I don't know. I, do you consider UCLA? Oh, yeah, UCLA. UCLA. John I, days. Yeah. I just, it's been a while for UCLA to win one. So, like, I, that would bother me less. But I just don't, I just don't want Kansas. But, like, I just look at these teams like Houston and and Purdue. Like, is this a time one of them make a run? Like, Baylor did. What was it, two years ago? Baylor won it. And it's kind of seemed like yeah. one of those. They're, they're back up. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't know who I'm going to pick. Usually at this time, I got like, uh, it's going to be like this team or this team I'm picking. And I, I don't have that yet. So I think I that's why this is going to be an exciting tournament. I like, I don't think there is a dominant team in this year's tournament. And really in the women's side, I mean, it's. I don't. I think any of your. Potential one seeds. Um, that I think are one seeds will could win. I 
if I make it any future bet right now, I'm putting money on South Carolina. I mean, they've been so dominant and so good. And Iowa's going to be really good. I'll tell you what, Iowa's good, and and what's her face is awesome. Um, Clark, they're, they're good. Iowa's Iowa's not face. one of those teams. I'm you've brought up that I just were like, oh, they got them. Indiana's that team that I kind of say I'm not scared of Indiana. Okay, maybe Stanford doesn't be. bother me like they used to would have bothered me, and we disagree oh, on that. That's gosh. fine. Okay. South Carolina is a team I'm not. I like. <laughs> They seem better than everybody. I've watched them play three times in the last two weeks, and man, they look good. Like I will say, like I, UConn is a potential three seed, and but Gino Oriema has already given his team the fire that they probably don't need to get motivated when he says to the media, "I think this year's team is the team that will break our final four streak," because you know those kids in the locker room are probably mad as hell at the idea that that will be them. I would just not want to be in their region. Yeah. I'm, I've been excited these last couple of years. I mean, it's been a little stretch now where UConn isn't just what I love what if UConn doesn't win be. because I like seeing other teams yeah. win, but yeah, I'm just saying for him to say they might, I don't think we're good enough to go to the final four. This year's team's going to be the team that breaks our streak. I just, I wouldn't yeah. want to play a team with that on the line. Yeah. On, on the cover, I wouldn't want UConn in, in my region. I, I, I will agree with that. Like I, I'll take any other of the three seats over them. Uh, sure. I, I'm not going to be crazy and say something different than that. The other three seats I'm seeing is Ohio state Duke and Notre Dame and, and Notre Dame. Two of those teams, one of those teams tech did just beat an ACC tournament. The other one I you know, said obviously would. Um, so like, I obviously have more confidence with them. Um, but it, in the name UConn, I, you know, that comes, he's going to get on the court and those players are going to see the name UConn written on the front of them. And as much as we all say, that doesn't mean anything, you know, maybe it fires them up and they play great, but like, I, I don't necessarily want to play that Jersey. I was going to say, I, we <laughs> yeah, talk about this I, a lot I'll, with like, Riverheads, right? It, you're not only playing the team on the field, you're playing yeah. the name. You're playing the yeah. mentality and the history, and it's it's a lot like that in college sports, especially. I think it's even more so in college sports, where especially UConn women's basketball, like you're ESPN's playing. ESPN's talking about them nonstop. Yeah, yeah, you're playing UConn. You're playing everybody yeah. who has ever played on that team. You're playing that history. You're playing those ghosts right. on the floor, and that's that's got to be really Notice, really tough. Notice when you listed off all the teams that Virginia Tech doesn't want to play. I didn't start saying UConn sucks. I didn't start yelling that. Like my arguments, we only have to play so many of them. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's all we got from the sports world. What what other sports stories were there? Are you kidding? What do we got? Leland F one is back. Oh, I did. I had the race on all Sunday morning. It is back. <laughs> crazy, crazy race as you continue to cough into the microphone and spread your disease. I've muted the five times and yes. I've coughed loud six times. That tells you how many times I've coughed. We're going to have to start doing the <laughs> Levitard system, $5 each time. Um, <laughs> but um, that way we can pay for, I don't know, someone could get paid on this podcast. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the F1 race. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that was exciting about it. Red I had Bull, it on. Red God, Bull wins the first, first two. First. Yeah, Red Bull gets one two, uh, which is not terribly surprising. But the the exciting part of this, particularly in the lead up to the race and the qualifying, 
was the amount of teams that all had cars that were up there and they were between qualify one, two, and three, they were shuffling around. So it wasn't like there was some genuine thought like, oh, there might be teams that can compete in this race and it'll be an exciting race. It ended up being kind of a walk away for Red Bull. But um, Aston Martin is a team this year that has pumped a lot of money into their car and they're seeing the results. They had a third place finish uh, with Fernando Alonso, uh, which was really, really good for them. Haas kind of disappointed, but Williams did well. And in fact, the American driver, which is new to the circuit this year, finished 12th in his first race, uh, which is a big, big improvement for Williams. McLaren, uh, which is a British team like Williams, kind of crapped the bed. Uh, Their cars sucked, frankly, and did not have a good race. But them's the brakes sometimes. So the thing I did, because I'm caught up on up to this season of uh, the F1 show on Netflix, Drivers 5. You know, the past season, I was still catching up, so I never looked at the internet about F1 because I was, like, still catching up. Now, you know, I know the new season just dropped and I could catch up on last year, but I p- kind of paid attention at the time last year. I saw that uh, Ricardo isn't a starting driver. He's a reserve driver now, back at Red Bull. That's where he started when Drive to Survive started. So he's doing a lot of the you know, interview stuff and face stuff. He's not even the first alternate guy that would get in a car for Red Bull, from what I understand, from what I read either. Um, mm. So it's just, a you know, one of the guys that was the star of that Drive to Survive show that they really showed and he switched teams twice and all that. You know, here he is at a team not even playing like a starting role. Um, so that I found that interesting to look up. Um, we won't see that on Drive to Survive for another year now. Uh, that decision and that result of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had the race on. I, I didn't see any preseason hype. I, mean, I know it's out there, but I didn't, it just didn't cross me. Um, I, I'm still struggling. I'm struggling to get in to the week to week of the sport when the results seem so predictable and not surprising. I don't know. I don't know I, how to overcome that right now. I like the Drive to Survive show. I can't yes. wait to watch that season. Watch last year's drama, even though I know the results of what happened on the racetrack. But, you know, that, that show is really good. They put it together very well. I'm just struggling with the week-to-week fandom of the, of the sport. I do have a lot of hope that as the season unfolds, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Mercedes, these teams will be able to put up a legitimate challenge to Red yeah, Bull, win some races from them. Maybe Red Bull has a couple bad races and blows engines or just doesn't have the right car for that track. And they somebody else the has a better car. there anymore, so they should be all right. Hope I have hope that that will be the case. I have hope that Haas will get better because their team principal makes me laugh. Um, I, I have hopes that the American driver Sargent will do well. Um, but I think this particular first race of the year um just watching the qualifying and seeing some of the teams that were having great weeks and some of the teams that were just flat out not having great weeks uh one driver got hit with a penalty i think he got hit with three penalties in the first race which was just made me Ooh. laugh um uh esteban Ocon. on the show <laughs> yeah esteban Ocon apparently didn't have his car lined up properly at the grid so that was a five-second penalty. 
Um, and then when he goes to pull into the pits during his pit stop to serve his t- five second penalty, his crew starts before the five second penalty is up. So now he still has to serve that five second penalty and he gets another five second penalty. So it's now 10 seconds of penalties. And when he goes in the pits to serve that penalty, he gets a penalty for speeding. And it's just like, excellent. Um, and it got to the point where the announcers are like, we're trying not to laugh, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> uh, it was, but not as funny as Liverpool, who has had just a not very good year at all. <laughs> it's been pretty bad. Uh, all of a sudden, they play Manchester United, who is near the top of the table, will be going to the Champions League next year, uh, and unload a 7 0 win. Just blow them off the face of the earth. And I was like, well, that's refreshing. Like, that was cool. Um, that was exciting. Like I was doing a baseball game and in between our double header on Sunday, uh, the producer who is also a Liverpool fan says, Oh, did you see the score? We're up three, nothing. And I looked at it 10 minutes later and I was like, you said it was three, nothing. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, well, it's five, nothing. And then in another 10 minutes, I'm done writing down the lineups for game number two. And I look at the phone and I'm like, Oh, it's seven, nothing. Oh, this is going well. And it was, was great. Terry Lloyd playing for him, or no? Carly, Carly Lloyd or? was not playing for us. Um, <laughs> but uh, Cody Gakpo had a good game, which is good. Uh, Salah had a good game. Really, everybody chipped in pretty heard, well. And um, I heard Liverpool's looking at this uh, this guy named James Madison to come play for him. Oh, from Leicester, maybe. That's what the, the article that came across my uh, Twitter said. I don't. They need something. They need. Is James Madison New faces. short? James Madison is not particularly tall. He's... <laughs> I don't know if he's at Leicester now or not, but he was at Leicester. He was part of the Leicester team that won the title a few years. Like, I say a few years ago. I guess it was like five or six years ago now. But that kind of shocked the Premier League when that happened. But very cool stuff. I wouldn't mind having James Madison. I, I like other James Madisons. Um, so on the non-sport side of the D block, I will cover us with, uh, I watched strange world animated feature by Disney released back around Christmas time. I think so, somewhere in December, um, it wasn't highly, uh, publicized. It wasn't one of their, you know, I don't, I don't know how to compare it to, but you know, the other majors, most of those come out in June, like around Father's Day, they always try to have like a Disney or Pixar movie coming out around that time. Um, and I know this is Disney, not Pixar, uh, but it, not being that, it just wasn't one of their ones that they like pumped with a lot of uh, media stuff. Uh, it was all right. Uh, watched it with the kids. And, um, you know, when they talk about, you know, the liberal media making, you know, just movies to push their message they're talking about this movie because this movie is just about like (laughs) (laughs) the planet, you know, not trying to control the, the, the nature and work with nature to, you know, um, sustain itself and all that. Like this movie is, is very much that. So, uh, even, uh, I don't have a problem with, uh, you know, a lot of, of those messages. And even I was like, well, they landed on pretty thick here. So, uh, it was fine, though, and, and not that uh, any of the messages they were sending aren't bad messages. It's just 
you know, that was the point of the movie was basically to tell people to stop trying to control nature and start trying to work with it. And uh, so there you go. It, it was fine. There was some good laughs. Um, there was like a three generation father, son, grandson dynamic uh, in it too. That was, you know, I would say different. Um, I tell you, man, on social level, having a couple of daughters does wake, open up your eyes to like the male dominated, you know, Hollywood and stuff. And, you know, it, it just, it, there's, you were just really examining the, the father son relationships that, that happens a lot in movies. So not saying there's not any movies with daughter mother relationship stuff, but there's less and uh, less female roles in movies and all that stuff. I acknowledge that exists, but, you know, having daughters, I think I realize it more. So this played into that. So, um, but anyway, it wasn't the worst thing and it, I, you know, fine movie for kids to watch. And I, but I kind of picked up on why it wasn't necessarily the most publicized thing Disney's ever put out uh, where you, you feel like you watch TV around a time one of those movies is coming out and all you see is commercials for that movie. You didn't see that on this and it, it not being the greatest movie probably was part of that. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if I'm recommending it. Sounds, but I'm also, I was going to say, you gave a really like, great, strong recommendation. It's not a recommendation, but it's also not a run from. This isn't, this isn't the happening or anything. So, uh, But no just so everybody does know, you need to know that Mando is back, the Mandalorian. Yeah. It started back up. We watched the first episode back. Um, I'm pumped Mandalorian's back. I'm pumped to see where the story goes. I've really enjoyed Mandalorian slash half of the Boba Fett season uh, that pushed the Mandalorian season further. Uh, this wasn't my favorite Mandalorian episode. I'm not going to sit here and say that. They got a kind of, they kind of had a full arc already completed with Mandalorian stuff. And now they're going to have to send it in, in a somewhat different direction than where we've been going these last two seasons. Uh, so they kind of had to take that first step. And I think it was a little bit bumpy in the storytelling compared to some other seasons and episodes of Mandalorian, but I, I am, I'm optimistic of where it's going. Uh, I think, I think they're heading in a decent direction. So I'm just anxious to get there. And, uh, I was really hoping there's gonna be two episodes released last week, but only one. So did you watch this week yet? I haven't. No, I'm behind on that. I'm behind on a lot of stuff that I'm watching. Um, hey, you're only one episode back on that. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Well, I'm one episode behind on that. I'm one episode behind on a show on Apple plus I might be two episodes now. I don't know. Um, there's a couple things on HBO that I'm behind on. There's Netflix stuff I'm behind on. There's stuff on Hulu that I watch that I'm behind on. It's, it's like just you, it's like you work a job in Richmond and you have to be there like three or four nights a week. Yeah, that does kind of affect the <laughs> schedule a little bit. Um, but just put it on your car. Just put an iPad on on your like put it up in the windshield on the dash. Going down the yeah, road. just watch it while I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, what could possibly happen? Um. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. But I I will watch it. I saw a lot of people complaining and saying it was a table setting episode. Um, that's a yeah, that's a phrase. Yeah, which is fine. I not all episodes of a show have to be bang bang bang, but you know, constant action action action. You, um, you do get used to season openers and season closers kind of being better episodes than what this necessarily was. This felt like a, like a third episode kind of 
you know, travel. Back in Lost, we used to watch Lost, and it was it was called like will, a traveling episode. Sure, I will say, and I it think was like where they had to go across an island, and they'd have some kind of bullcrap story going on. It, it felt like that. And I haven't seen it yet, but I do wonder how much of this. How much did they go back and explain stuff that was in Boba Fett? I guess is my question. None. You needed okay. to watch Boba Fett. You gave advice Good. to yep. Patrick Height about those couple of episodes of Boba Fett that included Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, you need to see that. Okay, because... good. Because I was I was thinking they weren't going to do that, and I'm glad they didn't. Because I was like, I would have been pissed. I was like, if I watched that crap, that slop no. for the second half of Boba Fett. No, you needed to watch that because it was awesome. I went back and watched that. Uh, um, the last second. of that, just yeah, to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, the last episode of Mandalorian was way back when. Maybe I guess I won't spoil it. I guess don't spoil it. He's up on this. Don't spoil it. Um, But you, you, you have a separating, and now they're just together. So there it is. Okay, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out what that is. But yeah, Um, yeah, I I agree. There would have been some confusion if you did not watch book of uh, not book of Boba Fett. Um, I don't know. It's just called Boba. I'll say it starts off like you're. I will say there's a bit of like, not what are we watching, when are we watching to start this first episode? Um, like, I didn't know if they were time jump, you know, not like, not actual time jumping, but like, were we looking back or something? Um, it was an I think that was my back. biggest complaint with Boba Fett. There was too much of that, especially early on in the You'll show. Be all right here. It was too much. You'll be all right. It was too much going back and like, well, this was when he was with the Tusken Raiders. I was like, I could give a flip about his time with the Tuscan Raiders. Um, I think it was so lame, though, in Boba Fett, too. Not that I, I... I didn't trash Boba Fett as much as others did, but, like, him, like, in that tank and, like, jerking his body with these dreams of when he was with the Turkish Raiders. Like, I thought that was lame. Oh, like, how, how they presented him remembering or, you know, like, telling that side of the story. Like, I thought that was so lame. I also think it's lame that... A guy who was a just out and out villain in the original Star Wars. Only He's cared about out. money, complete mercenary, only here for the money, is now like a hero. And I'm just like, this is my problem with Disney. Sometimes it's okay to tell a story and the, the main character's not the hero. Maybe he's a bad guy. Maybe just have him be a bad guy. That's okay. But by your definition of the empire being good or bad, look, I, I, yes, now that's true. <laughs> Technically, he was just he was he was capturing a smuggler. So, who am I to say that he's the villain? That's fair, Leland. That's a good point. Um, but it just felt like he was doing stuff that he wouldn't do in the original trilogy, I guess. Where I it's like well, this would be justice. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what makes you money. So that's not your motivating factor. Like, that's never been your motivating factor. Why do we have this sense of justice? Um, but, but that's Disney. Um, I Before we go, though, I, I and wrap this episode up, you only had an hour last week, so we'll extend it this week for you. Um, I like how I get blamed for the time, no matter what. If it's long or short, it's Leland's fault. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't hear about the complaints. <laughs> Just like on the radio, I don't hear about it. Um, <laughs> uh, have there been any? <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see the stuff with John ja Morant? I mean, this is oh my this is crazy. This is crazy. And honestly, Nike's statement to me, I was like, that's not what's going on here. I thought Nike's statement was bizarre, where they're like, we appreciate Ja taking accountability and we stand by him while he gets the help he needs. This is like he fought a 17 year old. Him and and his crew went to a footlocker and threatened an employee. Uh, And then now the Denver police are investigating an incident where he's waving a gun around outside of a nightclub. Like he's like on a live Instagram like a, live. Like, yeah. Instagram live. This is yeah. I, like, this is where like Nike being like, we appreciate, we support him getting the help he needs. I'm like, look, this isn't to me. This isn't anything other than somebody needs to sit him down and be like, look, if, if it's this crew that is you're with, that's getting you in trouble, you have got to cut them loose. I, there is plenty of sides of this story. Um, ways of looking at this story that I am not educated enough to speak to. I, I will acknowledge that to start this conversation off, but on the surface, absolutely. What you said is correct. Like he is behaving in a way that's only going to take the opportunity that's there for him away from him. And it is currently he's suspended indefinitely right now because of his behavior. Um, there's a lot of, I guess, trash talk out there about his background and how it lines up with his current behavior. And and that's where I'm tentative on on this, but um, it's, it's not sustainable. And as much as I, (laughs) I guess I just made fun of a movie talking about sustainability. um, You want to have an NBA career. And I will tell you, I've been excited at different times about John Morant and what he can be and, and the level of play he has and how Memphis can kind of shake things up in the NBA playoff kind of outlook and stuff like that. Um, I said, clearly this weekend, I'm off the John Morant train. I, I'm not, I'm not here to, to be rooting for him. I root for him to, to not be in the, in the direction that he's headed. I am rooting for positive to come out of this because the direction he's going right now is terrible. And that's fine. If he turns it around and is awesome, I I'll be happy about that, but I'm not going to be rooting for him in the process. Cause I am just not, uh, prepared to to be standing by him with the negative because uh, all signs are pointed to to worse than what we're already seeing. So, um, it, yeah, it's a mess, and I I commend the organization. It wasn't the NBA; it was the team that sat him down. Um, Says so you're suspended indefinitely. So I appreciate that uh, because that's decision makers that benefit with this kid being on the court and being good, um, sacrificing that. And, and that means there is some people around him that do care more about him and his well-being and his future, even though they'll profit off that, than, you know, selling tickets down the stretch of the season and what, what the postseason could be. And now I'm not saying he's suspended for the rest of the season, but I, I, I do commend the Memphis Grizzlies of not waiting for the NBA to do it. Yeah, and I, I think that's important, right? And we talked last week about a team in Alabama not doing – the right thing and not having accountability and saying, look, you, even though you yourself 
aren't being investigated for the actual murder of a person, you were in a situation you need to not be in. And we need to have a conversation about that and what that looks like going forward versus, well, you know, the police don't want to, the police aren't considering him a suspect, aren't going to charge him with anything. Seeing, so we're going to throw him out here. And then two games later, uh, one home game later, he's doing a pat down and it's like, oh yeah, oops, uh, are bad. And, but no suspension, no nothing. Keep throwing him out there. Like that's one way. Or there's the way the Memphis Grizzlies are doing it. And I think you're right. I think it's nice to see the Grizzlies doing this. It's because if the Grizzlies didn't, Adam Silver was going to have a hard situation in front of him. Because I think at this point, it had gotten to it's, and we're not talking about like a one off incident. Like I listed no, three yeah. that we know about currently. And given those situations and kind of just, the violence involved in physical violence involved in two of those and potential violence in a third, you kind of get the feeling like these are the ones we know about. What don't we know about? And I mean, there was an incident earlier in the year where there's like the Indiana Pacers filed a complaint with the league saying he was shining lasers or people at the bus, yeah. Yeah, we're shining lasers. Uh, people w- involved with John Morant were shining lasers on the bus at Indiana Pacers players. And like I remember when that happened, and I was like, that's weird. And then this stuff comes out later, and you're just like, what are you doing? And some of it is like he's, he's playing a pickup game with a 17-year-old at his house. And according to John Morant's side, like, the 17-year-old threw the ball in his chest, took a step, and acted like he wanted to fight. You ha- even if the, yeah. even one if of that you is, is an true, adult NBA player, yeah, yeah, even if that is true, you yeah, like you just said, one you have to realize in that moment, I'm the one that has everything to lose. Yeah, I am going to remove myself from this situation. You are going to leave my house. Her. Yeah, you are going to leave my house. Not, I'm going to beat the stuffing out of you, and my friends are going to beat the stuffing out of you, and then you're leaving. Like, that's a that's a lose situation. the The incident involving his mom and and a Footlocker, like apparently the mom calls John Morant because she feels disrespected at a Footlocker, and so then him and his buddies go there and they start threatening this employee to the point where a manager felt the need to call the mall security over it and involve them like what are you doing what are you doing and just i just go buy footlocker john Murray. yeah like, go buy the entire company well that's the because... thing i'm like you have a shoe that's about to come out like talk to nike and hook your mom up or whatever like i i don't i don't get what any of this is and then the, the waving of a gun at a on an instagram live is just I don't understand this. I don't understand. If you are a professional athlete and you ever have the thought, should I wave a gun on an Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever live? The answer is always no. Like that is never a good idea. I don't know when brandishing a weapon is, is ever the right real choice. Yeah. If you're ever in a situation like, should I brandish a firearm and put it on social media? No. Quick answer. No. I thought you didn't put your hands on a gun in that situation. That's like 
it was a defense self-defense and you got to use just, it. Like, I don't that, understand now to make, yeah. to make light of a not funny situation. Um, anytime I hear the term brandishing a firearm, <laughs> my head goes to the big Lebowski and the voicemail that gets uh, left on his, <laughs> on his answering yeah. machine. When he's like, we heard a Walter Sobchak on your bowling team was brandishing a firearm during league play, which is against league rules. <laughs> It would result in immediate suspension from the tournament. Uh, so, like, whenever I hear that term, that's where my mind goes, and I laugh. But, but he was, and even in the movie, he brandished a firearm. He, he should does. Have. Yeah. <laughs> he should. <laughs> you shouldn't do this. Uh, but he was just enforcing the rules. Um, <laughs> right market, <down> zero. Zero. <laughs> market zero. Market zero. He's not bleeping around. Yeah. He's not bleeping around. This isn't Nam. There are rules. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, anyway, good times. That's a funny movie. Don't watch it with kids, but it's a funny movie. Um, gosh, I need to watch that movie again. Anyway, unless you've got something else, that'll do it for I us. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. All right. That'll wrap it up for us here on the Yak Sports Podcast. You can subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Wait. or Apple Podcasts. What? Now we you will have, have a tweet and Facebook messages this week about signing up for the tournament. Oh. It'll be ahead of the bracket coming out. So if you listen this week, look at our Twitter or Facebook or contact me. And we are, are at one of the ways you contact mm-hmm. the Yak Sports podcast, as Joe is about to say. And you will be invited to our Yak Sports pod uh, bracket pool. And whoever wins outside of Joe and I, will be able be invited to come on the Xbox podcast and talk about whatever you want. Usually it's whoever wins because Leland and I don't win, but occasionally we when win. When it's not NFL pick 'em, yes. Occasionally one of us will do something <laughs> crazy and win a a pool that we're in. But I don't win I don't win the bracket. Um <laughs> I got my heads in the clouds. I got I got all the Virginia teams, well, you know, in the final four. At least Virginia Tech won't be there to ruin your bracket <laughs> this year. But <laughs> Yes, you can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. That's Y-A-C Sports Pod or Facebook, Y-A-C Sports Pod. Comment on those links. Say, I want to be in the pool. Leland will send you the information required. Or You might you might make sure you're identifiable by your team name. Yes, please, point, please, please, please. That information please. is presented there. Please, please. If your bracket name is something that is not your name, let Which us is fine. know. You can have a funny yes. bracket name. It's yes, awesome. have a funny Just bracket sure name. It's Just on. tell us. So whatever is turned on. Yeah, tell, tell us name. either message Leland or myself or our yeah. or the it's Twitter page saying, I am so-and-so, this bracket. Yeah. So we know in case that bracket wins, we know who we're contacting to bring on the podcast to talk about so, whatever. It's a lot less embarrassing after it. If, if we just know that. So it's not when it, after the person wins, I have to be like, Hey, who, who are you? <laughs> right. Um, so if you could do that, that would be great. Again, Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, or Podbean. Uh, you can find us. And then YAC sports pod on all the socials. Well, I guess Twitter and Facebook, um, or you could email us. Yak sports pod. That's YAC sports pod at gmail.com. Or be like people lately that just stop me in parking lots and like to talk to me about sports. I've appreciated that lately. It, it is That's all about too. shot clocks. But, yeah, you could do that too. You could. 
Um, or if you're John Leonard, you text me, um, whatever. But just let us know and um, let us know. There's a think. lot of our listeners that actually do have our phone numbers. So Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't have our phone numbers, hit us up on the social media. Comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, let us know what you thought of Gap Girls Run to the state semifinals. Uh, let us know what you think is going to happen in the NCAA women's tournament or men's tournament uh, or whichever topic we talked about tonight that inter- piqued your interest. Or if we didn't talk about something, let us know. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, and Leela and I will either learn or we might have forgotten. There are, believe it or not, there are things we forget. So every week, <laughs> by the time I'm done recording this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I wanted to say that and I forgot. But, um, I know Jeff's out there, and Jeff, what did you think of that seven nothing Liverpool win? I mean, that was awesome. That I know you were pumped as I was, uh, as Anfield was just rocking. Until then, folks, you'll never walk alone, and we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.